What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Tim Connor here, golf coach, golf academy owner out of the Pacific Northwest. Today, I'm hanging with my bud and uh, say client, Mr. Gordon, and we're going to do a little bit different style of episode today. I started recording solo about a year or two ago, about a year, yeah, about episode 50 probably when I opened my academy. And I just did that basically because I needed to save time. But what I thought would be super cool is to get, uh, and more frequently, if you guys like this, let me know what you think, get more of my people I work with in here to kind of share their stories because I kind of, I talk from my perspective, which is the golf coach, but like, that's probably really just scratching the surface. And I think maybe people could dig even more knowledge from the students because they're the ones that got to like fight to make the progress and stuff like that. I think I really kind of have like the easier job of the two. Anyway, uh, Gordon, let's talk about you really quick. Gordon Dallas, give us like your quick background as far as how long you've been playing golf, your age, your handicap, like those highlights. Um, well, I think I've been working with you for about two years, uh, maybe now. Um, I uh, grew up in uh, Scotland. My dad was an avid golfer, and uh, I started uh, playing golf when I was um, probably 10, and then moved here to the United States uh, when I was uh 11. Took lessons, just uh, basically group lessons um, for a while, and then um, then moved on uh, as a teenager, uh, played competitive golf in the um, California Junior Golf Association. I was actually a, um, a, a soccer player, so I, I ended up playing college soccer, uh, didn't play much golf, and then uh, ended up uh, uh, as a professional soccer player for a while. And what ages was that? You were like... That was, uh, I, I went to college at San Diego State University and um, left there uh, in my last year to play professional. So that was for a few, uh, probably about three or four years, about four years. Like low 20s? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, I, fairly athletic. Um, I'm not a big guy. I don't hit long. I don't, you know, you know, I, I kind of understand golf. I, I played for, you know, over 50 years right now. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, and I moved up here to Spokane uh, in when I was well thirty something, yeah. And um, been uh, and I played a lot more golf here. It was a lot uh, uh, a lot easier to play. It was a lot uh, more convenient. Uh, a lot of good golf courses, and uh, I um, it was like, and it was cheap to play golf here. Haven't I didn't take a lot of lessons until maybe five years ago, six years ago. What was uh, your like early thirties? What was your handicap ish? Uh, I I was probably a, a two. Um, so you were good. Yeah, I, I, I was all right. I mean, it's I'm a better player now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And your age today is? I'm sixty three. Sixty three. Yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. shoot your age pretty quick. Yeah. Maybe uh, this year. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you could do it this year. Uh-huh. Uh So I think it's just it's pretty inspiring to see someone as they age get better. Mm. And I wanted to kind of like crack that code for people today and, and really give them your perspective. So your last couple of years and your trajectory to improving, like what's that, what's that been like if you're kind of here to, to summarize it for us? Well, I, I play with a lot of guys, you know, they're my age and uh, I see and I, I'm. I see the ones that are improving or, or, or staying uh, um they're not they're not getting worse or they're, they're uh, as they get older uh, and I've seen the ones that are, are, are getting worse uh, they can't hit the ball out of their shadow for uh, for me my perspective is that it's because 
they don't want to change. They uh, they they don't want to work on their game. They 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 rely on quick improvements, you know, rather than uh, um, uh, working on the process, you know, and and they let themselves go physically, you know. Uh, I'm, I I I work to stay uh, stay strong, you know. I don't I don't want I don't want to lose that. I I still want to be you know a, a, a plus two when I'm uh, seventy five. <laughs> yeah. And to just basically to like restate what you said is there. They're they're in some type of comfort zone, right? Maybe not happy, but they are where they are. And like, I'm only in my 30s, but I can recognize that as I get older, it's getting harder to change things. So how, like, what, how should a person approach that? You know what I mean? How do you stay humble and like focus on the process? Well, for me, uh, I've made, uh, through my uh golf uh, career or whatever I've, I've made a number of changes in my swing and uh just lately since i i got working with you i really start to understand the swing and I, i've been a lot more patient as far as uh what it takes to get to having a, a really good swing you know it, it, i mean the, you 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 can make compensations but it doesn't necessarily mean that your your swing your, your swing is right there it is good a lot of people that i see aren't improving are, are just they're still their game is still in the 70s you know technology has changed you know and uh the swing has actually changed a lot since uh, then and uh, a lot more rotational and um i try to keep up with technology and i um i still working on the process i i understand now that it's taken me two years to get to make uh very slight improvements but I, i'm sticking to the process you know yeah and very slight improvements is that should be, I guess, put in reference because what's your handicap today? Plus 1.7. Plus 1.7. So if you go from plus 1.7 to plus 2, that's like a 20-ish 20, 20 percent improvement. Yeah. You know, so take someone who shoots 100 and it's just like the better you get, the harder it is to make those small improvements. But let's talk about compensations for a second because I think it's a really important point. Basically, everyone's golf game is like, it's like an, an amalgamation, that's a big word, but like it's like layers of an onion that they've created and weaved together to make the ball fly relatively straight. Now, and, and that's relatively true for almost everybody is how they have learned to make the golf ball fly straight ends up becoming their golf swing. That could be right, wrong, or indifferent. And that's why I personally try to encourage a culture in the beginning where a person can hit a bad shot and tell them they've made a really good swing. And I would only say that if they did make the swing change that we were intending, but sometimes a swing change doesn't always result in immediate improvement to the net ball flight. Certainly it will get better over time, but an easy example would be like if someone is a career slicer and you close their club face that day, you teach them how to use their wrist to make the club more closed, more square, the net change is probably more of a hook. It's not going to be a straight ball. It could be if they only did it a little bit, but more often than not, because they're going to be swinging outside in, if they close their face, it's going to be a hook. So that's just like one easy example of you don't always get to hit a straight ball. We want to work towards that for sure for almost everybody. When you're in the process of making a change, straight is not always the first linear step. I guess what I'm trying to say from that is you can make a positive swing change and not see immediate net benefit on your golf shots maybe that day that week 
uh, you certainly will over time. But let's talk about like where you sit today. I mean, you're 62 years young. You're still having fun with the game. What do you enjoy about it? And and what keeps you motoring? For me, it's what keeps me sane. I, 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 I look forward to playing golf all the time. I, I love to practice. I work 60, 70 hours a week. I, I you know, I'm married, uh, have a daughter in college, uh, and I look forward to uh, just coming and practicing, improving, and getting better. That's all. You know, that's what I try to do. Every day I play golf, I, I'm looking to get better. Get a little win. Uh, get a little win every day is really important. It's been cool for me to observe is like your consistent your consistency over time. I think we've worked together yes. for about two years, plus or minus maybe a few months on that. But there's it's very rare you miss a week, and throughout the season you maintain a, a very high level of effort even in the off season. And I think it's okay for people to take a little bit of time off in the off season, and there's nothing wrong with that. But just like your effort over time is really consistent and it's easy to see why that's compounded into you know where you are mm -hmm. i have a, a net in my garage i hit balls in my garage I, I i um all i'm doing is working on the process i'm not working on anything else you know and and i want to say uh, uh my brother actually uh, lives in minnesota and tim works with him now he uh, he was impressed with tim just uh, going through uh, uh, and comparing notes, uh, my uh, my brother's just uh, he's st he's starting to uh, change his swing. Also, it's, you go you, you almost have to go for one extreme to go to get to where you, you need to go uh, to need to be. You need to get your IO uh, uh, to a plus ten in order to be able to turn hard left. You know, so it, it, you you have to take three steps backwards. Well, what you would consider three steps backwards to make one uh, uh, to make four steps forward. You know, I think you. If you're patient enough uh, to realize that, you'll stick to the process and, and realize that uh, it, it, it's not an immediate uh, goal. Yeah, and I think it's very difficult, like in an instant gratification world, to sit back and be like, okay, we need to delay gratification. But if you stand back and just observe, golf is a game most of us are going to play for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So if you just make a little bit of progress every year, you're really going to be somebody mm -hmm. and get somewhere. Most people... They want to hit their next ball better. Mm -hmm. That's cool, but what is a net change? Is can you drop a hundred golf balls, and can you hit a hundred golf balls better than your last one hundred golf balls? Yeah. And I do see a lot of adults that kind of like base their emotion on a single shot, and I think that's a slippery slope. You see these highs and lows and emotional swings, and you don't see this on tour at all. So. I'm going to take a pretty firm stand and just say that like that is not healthy for your golf game to have the emotional highs and lows from shot to shot. Like you just want to be steady keeled. You want to give it your best. Hit a golf shot and let the results be what they'll be. I mean, did you try? If you tried, I mean, that's really what you can do. Mm -hmm. To me, uh, a lot of golfers base their their game on their best ball striking and uh, it, it, so they they always uh, when they envision a shot they 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 see their best ball strike you know uh, to me uh, what's helped me is I uh, is actually vision what my below average shot is and that's what I I, I try to uh, base my shots on if you compare their best shots to their below average shots it's it, it's a lot worse than uh, in their head than they 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 know and so they they get into trouble you know. Yeah, and so much of that is day-to-day, -to -day too. I remember Annika Sorenstam saying something like that, I don't know, in the 90s. She was talking about, you know, day-to-day, -day, you don't always need to play for your best yardage because that may not be what you brought that day. But a different scenario, maybe you've run into this in the past, is like when your adrenaline is pumped and, and you're playing for something meaningful, the ball is likely to fly further. 
So some of that is just like some situa- situational awareness for how you're playing and where you sit that day. I mean, if it's cold and damp and there's humidity and you're not at a lot of elevation, the ball's not going to fly as far. But from my perspective, so much of like you, you can kind of understand that your seven iron is supposed to fly some yardage, call it 160 or whatever. Most people don't have that because they, they're not consistently striking the golf ball. So that's where course management becomes like a whole nother layer of fun that golf can be if you can hit a repeatable golf shot. Because now you can play the variables, you can play the wind, you can play your curvature, you can play slope. And you can make these educated decisions because you kind of can step up to the ball and trust where your shot is going. Do you have any any advice or anything that you think, you know, for that player that's middle-aged and not sure how to get better? Do you have any any thoughts? You got to put in the time, you know. Uh, and it's always, uh, it, to me, it's it's good to have a teacher because it's a second set of eyes, you know, it, and it, it is the eyes. You, you can be, uh, think you need to make huge improvements in your game or, or change your swing. You think you're making those improvements, but you're swinging the exact same. Like if you're, if you're playing and you're making changes in your swing to improve and it feels comfortable, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a real nugget there. If it feels comfortable, you're doing what's comfortable, which yeah. is your golf swing. Yeah. yeah changes, uh, changes uncomfortable. Exactly. For sure. What about, there are some amount of players for sure that I would say are putting in enough time. They're playing once or twice a week. They're hitting range balls once or twice a week, but they've hit a plateau. I would say uh, get lessons. Video yourself. You can get uh, individual lessons uh, from a pro, local pro, or, or even go online and, and, and uh, see, uh, look at some of the other uh, good teachers, George Gankis or, uh, you know, all those guys. And to find a good teacher, whether that be, or a good resource, what would you look for? I would look for someone that uh, is actually is uh, your philosophy uh, as far as the golf swing goes. Because if, you, if you're not willing to change and you don't believe in that teacher, uh, then you, you, you're just going to resort back to where you, 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 your old golf swing. So you you have to have uh, you, I th- you either have to be willing to break down and, and start from scratch. You have to uh, or believe in the process that uh, that person that what he's teaching. And if it's sim- I mean, everyone has a two plane swing, or they you know they they they, they want to cut the ball, or they want to draw the ball. And some teachers are better at teaching uh, how to draw the ball all the time, or hit uh, or hit the, uh, a, a cut. I would say uh, go with someone that has the same philosophy as you. It makes it a lot easier. You have to buy in. If you don't buy in, it's... And and I kind of have mixed feelings about that because totally when someone new comes in, I want them to buy in. But I almost don't want to pull them so hard that I feel like I'm forcing them to buy in. And I don't know where the right line is because you can certainly inspire someone to want to work. But there needs to be like some amount of motivation on their end. To, to get better. And I, I don't know what the right answer is either, particularly when someone's new because they may not even know if they want to do the game or not, you know? Well, it, they can see their game getting worse and then they think, okay, well, this is not the right direction to go and uh, uh, their swing wasn't uh, where it should be in the first place and they, they're not willing to uh, stick with the process, you know? Yeah, you want to buy in. Aside from having a, a teacher and a coach that's like helpful, can you think back through... Th- resources that have been helpful for you to understand the swing or learn more about the game, whether that be like YouTube related or books or articles or things that kind of helped you connect some of the dots through the years? 
school golfers uh, will, will buy into uh, Hogan's five lessons. Is it five lessons uh, or uh, rules of golf? Uh, is yeah, a big Hogan's one. Yeah, five yeah, book, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. A lot of people uh, don't believe in, in in that, but overall, I mean, he was probably the best striker of a golf ball ever. And to take a beginner and and try and teach him that, he wouldn't be able to function. You know, for a better golfer, yeah. I watch uh, a lot of uh, golf videos. I like watching George Gankus, which is the same as. Him very rotational and his videos. He teaches young kids he, how uh, that applies. Uh, he's not just teaching the skills. He's, act, he's actually you see the, how they're he's applying them to uh, the golf swing. That Hogan thing is very interesting. I may have read it in college, which is a long time ago now. But the one thing I kind of realized maybe a few years after was Hogan internally kind of figured out that the swing plane was three dimensional whether he stated it in the book or not, I would infer this is from his ball position uh, recommendation as far as closing the stance with a longer club and making the stance shorter and more open with a shorter club. That was kind of his way of making his swing path uh, very functional. And it was just very interesting to... Like, there's been a lot of smart... This game attracts a lot of smart people. There's a lot of good information throughout the years, and I think there's a lot of information out there. And I guess where I've always wanted to, like, place my mark on this is information is really cool. It's good. But how do we install that information? So let's finish with that. Is like, we can find the information somewhere if you're willing to look for it. There's a lot of good information, and I, I continue, to continue to see YouTube as a more and more valuable resource, and I, I'm going to contribute more there, too. My channel will be linked below. You can check it out. We're going to start putting out a weekly video for y'all. Can you leave with some best practices to help install the information and, and make it yours? I, I was going to put in a, a, another uh, quip here. Uh, you also need to understand your body type because your body, your swing is relative to your body type. You you can't be a, a, a long upright swinger if you're you know four, five foot four and and uh, you know you got short legs. Yeah. You're you relative. Your your legs are relative uh, long relative to your arms, or you got really long arms. So you have to understand your, that too. So you have to choose your your swing type and understand how that affects you know uh, what what your swing should be. Yeah, and I would say. If, if you're willing to do a little bit of research, I would just look at some swing styles relative to your body style. And being big is not an excuse for not being able to swing good. You know, there's been a lot of big players like, uh, you know, your boy John Daly <laughs> or uh, the Walrus. Yeah. You know, big guys can play and turn got and move. Short guys like Ian Woosnam, who five foot four. Lee and, Trevino. And he was, yeah, he was number one in the world. Gary so, Player yeah, wasn't yeah, tall yeah. either, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got a lot of love for what he did yeah. being uh, a big proponent of fitness yeah. early. But let's circle back to installing knowledge into the golf swing. How do you make it your own? God, it's, it's been such a long process that I, I don't know. I, I I would say if I wouldn't say I, I make it my own because uh, it, I I I wouldn't say I have a unique swing or anything like that. I I think a lot of work in trying to uh, find out what works with you. It's hard to say. Like I said, I I used to have a a, a unique swing which I would say was my own, but uh, not anymore. Well, I think you kind of hit it on it earlier where you said. If, if it feels comfortable, it's not the thing that you're trying to change. You need to work outside your comfort zone to make those changes yours. And what I encourage people to do is a lot of, especially if it's brand, brand new, doing a lot of stuff away from the golf ball, mm-hmm. just motions to install that muscle memory. 
because muscle memory is is very important and the minute you introduce a golf ball like you're going to want to just your body's going to want to do what it knows because it happens so exactly. fast the golf swing happens so fast so definitely a best practice for early early situations is get reps in away from the golf ball whether that's working through the motion exaggerating the motion and giving yourself specific drills to help install those things Anyway, I appreciate y'all hanging out for another episode. Uh, we'll catch you back here, same time, same place. Gordon, uh, your generation, you got social media. Do you have anything you want to plug? Probably not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, anyway, Gordon's <laughs> hanging out in Spokane, Washington. We have a great area. It's very underrated as far as golf goes and very affordable. That's a secret. Don't really tell your friends, but <laughs> we have a really great area. And lots of good golf courses. What's your best round going to be this year, man? Uh, my age, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> He's totally capable of it if we can make some putts. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. All right.